What's up? This is Patrick at Radicards.com. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so, you know when you buy a graded card and it's not a gem mint or pristine, it's like something lower like a like a 9 or an 8 or an 8.5 or a 7 or a 6. And it's not of a card that's significant, right? It's not like a, a vintage card or anything or like a modern rookie auto chrome refractor. It's a junk wax era, something from like... 87 to like 93. Granted, the junk wax era is, is wider than the scope of those years, but for this conversation, we're going to be talking about stuff from 87 to 93. And that doesn't include the rare, super elusive error cards and the uh, highly desirable 93 SP foil cards in high grade. We're looking at normal base cards of guys like Bo Jackson, Will Clark. You know, um, Ricky Henderson, uh, Tony Gwynn, Cal Ripken, Nolan Ryan, Pete Rose even, maybe. He's in that era. So, I'd say we've got a couple of, like, you know, near mints, like sixes, sevens, eights, and nines of this stuff. Not rookie card era stuff. Like, non-rookie cards. Just base cards. And they're cheap. They're just cheap. They, they printed a whole bunch of those and people slab them to try to I don't know why people slab base cards of <laughs> junk wax era stuff that's not rookie card but it happens and especially this is interesting when people try to complete like a run so I get why it happens you know for the registry or whatever so that's fine but if you're slabbing something and it comes back a less desirable grade like anything less than a 10 say if you're doing PSA for this conversation let's just talk about PSA well heck let's throw in BGS in it as well those are the two key grading companies. And, uh, I mean, there, there's SGC as well, but for this conversation, we're going to be talking about uh, BGS and PSA, non-gem mint, non-pristine level grades on base cards that are not rookie cards coming out of the junk wax era. Okay? 87 to 93. Now, if you sub something and it comes back, one of those subpar grades, then you're, you're kind of stuck with that card. Okay, you have some choices. Okay, but let, before we get to that, let's talk about this for a minute. So you you let's say let's say you subbed an '88 Donruss Bo Jackson and it came back an eight, and you're like, well, crap. What do I do with an eight <laughs> of a base card of Bo Jackson from '88 Donruss baseball? Uh, okay, so let's say this happens a few times where you buy a collection because there's a card in there you want and you get like three or four cards that you just, you know, they just happen to be in the collection, so you've acquired them. So let's, you know, go through a few different situations like this, and after a while you have, you know, a nice little stack of subpar graded non-rookie card stuff from the junk wax era. You know, specific, it could be any sport really, but for this conversation we'll just talk baseball. So whatever the case, you've got say like, you know, nine or ten subpar graded non-rookie cards of star players from the junk wax era and like I said from this conversation between 87 and 93 the question that you have that we ask then is what do we do with these cards okay we have a couple different options because they assume very low desirability if any at all you know it's hard to put them on eBay for 99 cents with three dollars and fifty cents shipping you know if it might cost that probably three bucks shipping will cover it but whatever the case, that means that I as a buyer have to pay four bucks 
for an eight, a PSA eight, 88 Donruss Bo Jackson card. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. The cost of shipping negates any reason to buy the card, right? Antiquates that idea for a card that's found generally in like a 10 cent or quarter box. <laughs> really more like a 10 cent card to me. Hey, I love Bo Jackson. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. But for this conversation, I'm just using this particular card as an example. So you've got these cards. And what do you do with them? So you have a couple different options, okay? If you're like me, you crack them out and just put the cards in your Starbucks and be done with it. But there's no return on that, right? You, so you're, the return is having the extra card in your Starbucks, which is perfectly fine. And if that's your way to go, by all means. Um, other things to do with your card with better returns. You can post an image of the card, take a picture with your phone, post it on Twitter, and say, retweet this for a chance to win this card. Right? And so what you're doing there is you are allowing the card to work to drive exposure to your platform, to your pro profile, to your brand. Okay, and then you're also unloading the card because who doesn't like free stuff? Hey, if I got that 88 Donruss PSA 8 Bo Jackson for free, I'd be pretty happy. It's free, all right? So I'm using that card as a tool to drive exposure to my brand by way of unloading it so I don't have it on my, my desk or whatever. So I'm storing this particular card or this stack of cards. So every card in that run can be used in this way. Granted, there's, there's a cost for you, right? The opportunity cost there is having to ship the item, so you're at a loss. But you've actually purchased more brand exposure. So in fact, it's not a loss. The person who wins the retweet gets the card, so they win. And you just drove, drove more exposure to your brand, so you win. And you're out the cost of shipping the card. I mean, there's the other cost of acquiring the card, of course, right? If you've subbed it or if you got it in like a bulk trade and just happened to be part of a deal. So I get that. But I'm, the point I'm trying to make here is that you can have undesirable cards work for you instead of you having to, I don't want to say deal with them uh, because cards shouldn't be like work. It should be fun, right? Collecting cards. So uh, what else you could do is uh, bulk lot them all together and sell them on online somehow, whether running an auction or a, um, like a line, you know, 10 spots at three bucks, right? And people buy in, they say, I go three bucks, great, I'll take spot one and seven. Um, you sell all the lines, and after that, you do a random uh, at random.org, you run a list and, and I like to do that, click on it five times and see who's at the top. And then whoever's at the top gets the cards. And people that buy into those lines, they understand the, the, the risk associated with it. And they're assuming and accepting the possibility of a loss. But the financial loss is nominal. I mean, three bucks is not a big deal for most of us anyway. Uh, that's another way you can move cards, right? Also for holidays... Send them to friends, you know? I mean, it'd be fun to get, you know, a piece of mail just for free. Like, 
you know, 89 score, Nolan Ryan in a, in a, in a seven. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it's just fun, right? It's just fun stuff to send to friends. Um, if you want to be really altruistic, just donate them to, like, the, the YMCA or uh, Children's Hospital. When I was living in Los Angeles, I would donate to the Mattel Children's Hospital at UCLA. I would donate large sums of, of cards that I just had acquired throughout the year. That's another way to move those. Um, another thing you could do is crack them out and use them as through-the-mail autographs. Right? So, some of these autographs, some of these signers might require some small fee, um, but that's another way to use those as well. Um, if you have kids, uh, you can teach them about cards using those particular examples since they're of low value, but they're of star players. So they, they become an educational tool in that capacity. Uh, if you're a writer, you can use those as for, for blog content, right? Talking about Nolan Ryan and then showcasing that card, the 89 score and a 7. Or, or talking about the Royals and talking about Bo Jackson as a dual uh, sport athlete. And then showcasing that 88 Donruss card as the, you know, the multimedia piece. Right. So there are many ways to utilize your low-grade slabbed non-rookie card star cards from the junk wax era between, say, 87 to 93. Now, like I said, that, that, that block of junk wax years is wider than that, that block of years that, we, that was just stated. Um, so you, know, you might get an 85 card. But to me... 85 is, we're starting to get on the fence of junk wax because high-grade 85 stuff is, can be highly desirable. Even in a 9, it's a, you know, it, could be, it could be a nice, nice ad. But whatever the case, look at those cards as opportunities to drive exposure to your brand, to be used as additional content for your blog posts, if you have a blog, um, to... Crack out and add to your Starbucks. There's always some way to use low-grade slabbed cards. I once had a uh, BCCG nine 1990 Topps Dave Winfield card. <laughs> I had acquired in in a collection uh, years ago. I think sometime between like 2010 and 2011. I think in there somewhere I had this card. And <laughs> I used to use it as almost like a joke. I would take it to a, uh, a dealer warehouse or a sports card show that would happen weekly uh, where I lived in, in, in California. And I, I remember boasting about it. Like, Man, I have this amazing, amazing card. I can't wait to show it to you. You know, I, 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 I don't know if I'll be able to trade it, but if, if, if you want it, then you're going to have to, you know, cough up something really amazing for it because it's a huge card, huge. And I would just boast about this card like it was a 52 Topps Mantle or a 51 Bowman Mantle rookie, or it was like, you know, a huge card that's vintage that you rarely see up close and personal. <laughs> and so I was like, are you ready? Are you ready? And I would slowly move my hand away from the table, and they would see this 1990 Tops Dave Winfield card in a BCCG 9 case. <laughs> so I used it as like 
like comedy relief. You know, that tool became comedy relief for me. So that, that made more sense. You know, as the years have passed, I, I, I think I eventually just cracked it out and added that card to my Starbucks because Dave Winfield's a Hall of Famer. So there are many ways to get value out of those cards, if not monetary value. You know, that you can... The thing about the hobby is there's so many different ways to enjoy the hobby. You know, to enjoy all the different cards that you own, no matter the monetary value of them. I can really appreciate that about collecting sports cards, collecting baseball cards for me, is that I can find joy in cards that are essentially worthless. I'm known to buy high-end rookie cards of players whose careers didn't amount to much, if anything at all. And I buy them not because of their monetary value and knowing that it's actually, I'm buying them at a loss. I'm giving my money away and not going to get it back ever. And accepting that, knowing that going in full well, what I'm doing, not to expect a return down the line, but I use these things as talking points. They essentially become nostalgia more so than memorabilia. I look at them and be like, man, I remember when that guy was so hot back then. I remember when he was like the guy, the prospect. And man, his career didn't amount to much and he doesn't play baseball anymore. You know, there are guys that collect guys like this that didn't even spend a whole month in baseball. I think it's rad. It's like really unique. Because collecting should always be about fun, first and foremost. If you're, if you're doing it to make money, you should still have fun doing it. But if you're doing it just to collect, you should always have fun doing it, right? So collecting to me is, is it's mental therapy. You know, if, if you're using a slab junk wax card for comedy relief, or if you're buying a rookie card of a, uh, a now no-name player just to enjoy a, 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 a then-popular story, and to look back on what things were like at a different time, to buying high-end stuff that is highly valuable. At the end of the day, you should really just get a lot of joy out of what you're doing. Because there's, in our lives, I feel that all of us deserve to be happy and passionate. And I, I believe that the hobby of card collecting allows us to do that. Allows us to exercise a degree of passion for whatever it is that we're buying and collecting and allows us for just a moment to be happy no matter how bad things are are are, are and you know work in life or whatever else we're doing it's get, getting us down we can pull out a binder or pull out a box or some singles or look at some scans that you made and just really enjoy what you've what you've put together your hard work Enjoy the nostalgia and the stories. Enjoy the possibility of using some of these low-grade cards to, you know, um, ex build exposure to your brand, uh, bring exposure to your brand, or just to give them away, or just have a good time, right? So, I hope that you found this 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 piece somewhat educational, and that you look at those low-grade 
star slabbed cards from the junk wax era a little differently because I know a lot of us have quite a few of them. Myself, I, I, I don't typically buy that stuff, but that's just me. I, I'm pretty selective with the graded stuff, but I have acquired them in collections over the years, and I've always found a way to add them to my collection in some way or move them in some other way, trade them or whatever. So uh, just think about that. And thank you for tuning in to Radicards.com. And until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting.